lights out, and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. Now let's start the show. Let's start the show indeed. I'm your host, Andy Lewis. I'm joined via the telephone by Papa T-Sauce, a.k.a. Tim Lewis, a.k.a. Spicy Ketchup. What's up, Pops? I'm your old man. That's what it's all about. Old man indeed, sir. How about that Monaco Grand Prix, bud? Well, that was a beaut. I don't get why people think that Formula One has surpassed the importance, the glamour, the glitz, the the excitement of Monaco. I just don't. Yeah, I don't get it. Monaco's boring. Yeah. Oh, so processional. Oh, what were you watching? Because <laughs> that was, I mean, that was probably one of the best. I would say that's the best Monaco since Danny Rick won. And um, when was that? Eighteen. Or was it 16? No, 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 it wasn't 16. No, 18. 18. Yeah, that was, yeah. It was so, yeah, like, that... and that one was still kind of processional, but it was very drama-y, but, oh, man. That was, qualifying was exceptional, and I was like, okay. I great. know, you have to, I mean, in light, in light of the how qualifying went, I mean, my goodness, gee, it, it was, what a package. Qualifying was so good that I was like, okay, yeah, tomorrow, there is a chance that tomorrow could be rather boring, but which it wasn't. But I was qualifying was so good, I was stoked either way. Um, so let's. let's oh yeah, that was just uh, that was just outstanding. I mean, golly. Okay, let's start with the the big headline news that we got to talk about because uh, he crashed out. What the heck happened with Perez? What do you think happened there? Uh, I guess. A lapse of, I mean, I didn't hear anything about. It's almost like something broke. It was so bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, how could you lose that much concentration? Well, where you're at when you're at in the standings, the way where you're at in the standings, how could you lose concentration? It, wasn't it Devries? Yeah, piss away the Devries, or it was either a Williams or an Alfatari was coming out of the pits, and. For those of you who don't remember, Perez crashed Q1 in the fastest car. He crashed out of Q1 um, into Portier, which is the first turn. And the they have pit lane exits. right? Like there's pit lane, and pit lane exit is around Portier. So you basically have to go through both. You can go through Portier in the pit lane and out of the pit lane. And I... I speculate that he glanced over, he like you know he saw the car in pit lane, and then they did bring this up that there are those like big flashing arrows that have always been there. And Martin talked about hating those arrows, um, but um, and I think he just like glanced at him the guy the whoever it was that was coming out of the pits, and he just for a split second, and that's all it takes, and then. Couldn't get out. Couldn't get out of it in time because he he was going fast. Like he really damaged the car. Oh, it was a hard hit for sure. But I mean, the guy in the pit exit has just has got to make sure. I don't think whoever it was was out of his 
position. No, no, no. I just, he but I just think, I just think if you're not expecting that, and all of a sudden you glance over there, like just that amount of yeah. time, like that's the variance. You know, a glance is a crash if you're not on it in Monaco. Literally, a glance is a crash. Yeah. How many, well, how many crashes do we see? Like, if you want to put into perspective of how difficult what they're doing is, think about a normal race weekend, even at a street circuit. There was an ex- way more crashing and broken wheels and suspensions than I remember. Like, these cars are are big, man, and that road is narrow, and they are yeah, going right. so fast. And I think I just – I'm under the impression, because I don't think anything broke, nothing came out. I feel like they would have – very quickly said, "Oh, we a break break by wire error or something, or differential. We he had the brake bias was messed up, or but I don't think there was any of that. I think he just got a quick little glance over, and then just the speeds that they're doing in Monaco. That's it. A glance takes you out of it. But I still think of a ga- a driver of Perez's caliber with the opportunity that's that's at his feet." He uh, yeah. really blew a, a real huge Bingo. opportunity. Bingo. No matter right what. Right there. Yeah. yeah. And and let the, I mean, take your line, um, take notice, and if the guy runs into you, it's on him. But, man, don't do not do that. Yeah. I like mean, you shouldn't, you uh, shouldn't be, a veteran driver should not be getting. You're one of the top two drivers in the world. I would I mean, know if I would you know, call him that, but I mean, I would say he's the top five most experienced racing F1 drivers. Well, what's his? Yeah, yeah, easily top I four. Mean, yeah, now that Vettel's gone. So, yeah, it's it was just it was really disappointing. Uh, well, and I I was watching it with with Rachie of all people at the time when it happened, and I was like, there goes Perez's championship right there. Yeah, Any, probably right there. I think without Max getting a DNF along the road, like I mean, he's 30, 30 something points ahead now. Like if if Max, if if roles were reversed, right, and Perez leaving Monaco was thirty something points ahead of Max, I'd be like, he might have a chance. Actually, he might. That's what I'd be saying. Mm. It mm-hmm. would. It's going to take a lot more. But he's this looks this looks good. This looks optimistic. Yeah. If if Perez was thirty two points ahead of Max, it's like he might have a shot. But being thirty two points or whatever it is behind Max, so I don't know about the fate. It's it. Oh, it's, it, it's, it was just yeah. It's thirty nine points. But it really it really mixed up. Uh, the uh, order of things, Q1, I mean, Sonoda, P2, Albon, P3 at the end of Q1. <laughs> yeah, I think there was some <laughs> real big track evolution happening yeah, uh, toward yeah, the I end think. there. But let's see, I'd say, I'd say the breakout performance of qualifying, forget Max and Alonzo, we'll get to that. That was incredible. But um, Esteban Ocon. At mm-hmm. one point, had was sitting provisional pole in in qual in Q three. 
Let me say that again for those of you who, who thought I was misspeaking. Esteban Ocon, provisional pole at Q3. All of a sudden, like, I guess I guess he just got to criticize the, te- uh, the team principal just needs to criticize the team a little bit more and get, get Ocon to just jump to P1 in a qualifying session. <laughs> and by, yeah, like, I mean, he was, like, four tenths, too. It was, I don't care. That was one of the best laps I've seen of Monaco in a long time. Like, I and was holds true. so surprised. And it was, there was nothing special. Like, it wasn't, like, Oh, some like that was all just a magic lap. Like that was a Ocon really like really changed the way I'm looking at him the rest of the season with that lap alone. Yeah. And then the way he raced on Sunday too was one of Ocon's that's got to be one of Ocon's best weekends that I've ever seen. Hand, hands down. And I, I did mean, he win driver of the day? I don't think he won driver of the yeah. day. No, he did. Good. He he deserved did. that. I was about to to mention that 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 uh, qualifying uh, run uh, where he was provisional pole by the and it, like you said, it was a significant margin. I think it was like three and or four it, tenths over Verstappen. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was going. What? Yeah, is this gonna is this gonna be a shake up Maximus or what? But, I was like, oh my um, god, the the track Evo must just have exploded. And then somebody went through, like Hamilton went through and was slower. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, and then, and then Russell went through and was slower and Leclerc went through and it was slower. And I was like, okay, what, what is happening? What just happened? Like, yeah. It, it, it's, uh, oh, it just, that was exciting. I mean, that was, it just, it, you have, with the qualifying the way it was and how he drove on Sunday, it was just like, wow, that. If he didn't get driver of the day, it was, it was a absolutely standout performance. I think over no doubt, and hopefully that gives him a lot more confidence going going forward. I well, mean, and it, I think uh, it, I think it really shows what kind of caliber of a driver Ocon is. Actually, I think I remember it was in there in twenty one. I think it must have been twenty one when he just signed that big contract. We were all going what. And then uh-huh. he kind of had he had a real miserable run of races in the middle of the year, like in all the European races, and I'm just like, really? And there's so there's sometimes where I really downplay Ocon as a driver, and then there's moments where he is just absolutely brilliant. And I think if he can just like Monaco, like this weekend, or like his when he defended against Hamilton, um, you know, when he won his race, you know, like he does have moments of excellence and i think if he can just just balance out his performances more he's gonna he's gonna dominate gasly and i think if if alpine can get their their car together and come back with a a competitive a more competitive car this year i don't discredit seeing more ocon podiums this year but it could just be a monica yeah magic. yeah and like Gasly when we get to the, P7 too. So Right. Gasly I think isn't Gasly added him in points prior to this? I don't if think I'm, this year. Because Gasly was Well and they had Gasly that double was, retirement too. Yeah. But when we get to the race, talking about the race, there's a little interesting trivia tidbit about a French driver um accomplishing what Ocon 
accomplished. Well, yeah, and that's, kind of that's I mean, next to Paul Ricard, that's the closest to a home. That's pretty close to a home race, too. Monica. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. So, Q2, what about that? Man. Yeah, we kind of skipped Q2. I don't remember Q2 at all, honestly. Well, the thing that stood out to me, uh, you know, Norris hit the, the wall late in uh, Q2. Uh, basically tore the front left suspension off of his car. Oh, yeah. And they're, and so they're frantically trying to fix it. Oh, that and was incredible. Yeah, that it's usually like a 20 minute job. And so I don't know what the lag time from when Q2 ends to when Q2, Q, Q3 starts, but it's only several minutes. And then they only have 10 minutes, right? In Q3. And so what do they have? 12, 13 minutes to fix, to do a job that usually takes. 20 minutes is what they said. And what happened? Oh, man. he They, they got him out there. They, that crew, did you see those guys working? I mean, it was phenomenal. And not only did they, they get him out in time, he qualified 10th. Well, that's last. Like that, I mean, he, he didn't. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he still put yeah. out the slowest time, but it, just to get it running, yeah. I mean, he got another session of driving. They got more data. They got like it was incredible. Well, he only was out. Uh, I think he had, he uh, only had like one flying lap though. Right, I don't yeah. think he had even time to warm up his tires. Yeah, and he still Yuki only it was like two tenths, less Yuki. than two tenths. It yeah. was like fifteen, fifteen. Um, one hundredths of a second yeah, behind was, Sonoda. That was incredible. I mean, uh, yeah, that was in, applaud. That's that that's was, why that was I awesome. say, you know, I always in those moments I remind that how much of a team sport this is. Oh yeah, because a driver, yeah, yeah, like it comes down. A lot of the pressure and stuff comes down to the driver, and you know, on pit stops, obviously, there's a huge amount of pressure, and it's it is up to the driver for a, a lot of it. But they can't drive a car that's not working. And yeah. they're the ones who also break the car and force them to go, the mechanics to all fix it. And, man, it was so crazy to watch, you know, like, there was like 10 of them working on that thing. Oh, yeah. And every like, wow. Wow. Yeah. That was a pretty, pretty remarkable job. Then Q3. I mean, talk about, talk about edge of your seat stuff, man. When I saw when I saw um, Verstappen go blow sector one and blow sector two, I was like, "Yeah, I, he's." And then coming into that final it. turn, Max <laughs> clipped the wall after uh, whatever the yeah. penultimate corner is. There, he clipped the inside wall, and I was like, "He got it, Alonso did it." I I said it out loud. I was like, he did it. And then yeah. Purple Sector. And like Matt, Matty O'Patty sent me this really awesome like turn-by-turn analysis where it was like – it's like a digital replay of like uh, – or like div- digital overlay of their laps. You're right. And it was yeah, – those are cool. 
all down to that that single turn. You often hear Martin will say that you lose the most time or gain the most time in slow cor- corners because you yeah. spend the most time there. And it's like you you really do need a visual representation of um what that what that actually looks like because for the 90% of that lap they were dead even or Alonzo was was doing better and it yeah. all came down to that final turn and then when he hit the I I don't know how he hit the wall and and got pole I really don't I think it surprised him too when in the post race interview he says I even well, clipped the wall he picked up I I couldn't believe it in the third sector alone, he picked up three tenths on Alonzo. Yo, that's that's. I mean that. And a lot. No and he one beat can Alonzo. say Max is not great. Like you just can't. Ugh. Like no matter what what you about. think of the guy, he is a phenomenal talent. Phenomenal talent. <laughs> and yeah. he and he demonstrates that. He proves it to you. All the time, like, and that was one of those moments. Yeah, and and you know what I loved also about Alonzo's, like, you can see mature, like, real maturity, like that he's actually forty, and compared to some of these kids that he's racing against, he's forty four. He's forty four. He he said, and it's just I just I, I'm I want to get to that place in my life, but he said, you know, when they were talking on the radio, I was listening to the onboards, and he says. That's it. That's all there is. I don't care if it's not the like they're like you're close, you're in it, you know, and he's like that's it. That's all there is. I'm that's the best I can do. And even if it's uh-huh. not even if it's not pole, I'm okay with that because that's the best we can do. And I think that that's such a val- like that's such a great way to be that. Yeah, he got second, but he was he left there was nothing left. There was no he could not have corked that to be any faster. And it really came down to hundredths of a second. Hundredths. And yeah, he was it was eight hundredths of a second that he, he beat out Alonso. But that's incredible. Like what's more how impressive. How do you not like this that, sport? That's all I want to say. How do you not uh, yeah. like this sport? Uh, uh, yeah. It's crazy. It's just mind blowing. So um and then in uh Leclerc Got a three-place grid penalty for impeding. Just the most boneheaded. You can't even blame that on the curse. That's just get yeah. your shit together, Ferrari. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like how many times, how many races, how many qualifying sessions are we going to come with the exact same feedback for y'all to just – how are you making these mistakes? I just do not get it. I do there that there's no reason for something like that. And luckily that's all it was. And it wasn't a a really bad accident. Oh gosh, yeah. But you know, it's yeah, Monaco, bigger cars, narrow course, blind corners everywhere. But that's just an engineer not relaying that Leclerc's on a fast lap. Right behind you. Because you listen to those onboards, you're like Leclerc hot lap going through you know, and they'll tell him the turn, and so that means he just didn't know he was there, because you know Leclerc's not going to do that. You know that's not an intentional thing, 
That's just the absence of intention. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. So. So. And you know, and with, it cost him, and with it Norris, cost him, and it cost me on my well, prediction yeah. too. Because, well, and it cost Norris. You know, Norris wasn't that far behind Sonoda for uh, P nine. Yeah. And actually, wasn't that far behind. Um. You know, Russell for P eight. Yeah. So. You were, we're talking, um, well, let's see, what was it? Uh, a little over three-tenths of a second between um, uh, yeah, Russell and Wernor. Yeah, so he could have picked up several positions on the grid if he didn't have to back out of it, perhaps. You know, yeah. you don't know. So, now, can, now, that how that leads up, that was a qualifying man that was awesome. And now, I, I tell are you people, ready for the race? I, are you ready for the race the next day, man, or I didn't what? Know, I didn't know how ready I was. Um, I was just like, <laughs> okay, it's going to be fun. Can I, can I do an honorable mention here of, of the first time having a helicopter over Monaco and how great that was? And how much that added to the race and to the, like, just, like, I mean, I always wanted to go to Monaco, but it was so cool. It it was, like, it really, it really did a great job of showing the elevation, which is sometimes hard to, hard to depict. And also how close everything is together, too. Like, you see it on the trophy, yeah. like that, but, like, when you can really see it, it's super cool. Well, the way they stack those homes and condos and stuff. What a cool on that city. Cliff. I got, we got to go is. sometime. We got to go. And oh, Lord. Even oh, if you Lord. go and stay in like Nice or, or one of the neighboring towns, just drive into for a day. It would be. It's yeah. just, it just seems like such a cool. And then I was listening to Behind the Glasses after the checkered flag. Shout out, Sam. Um, but they were, he, he was there. Him and his wife and their new daughter are, they're like, staying in the south of france for two months and they him and who's this this podcaster uh youtuber guy oh. that i like a lot um uh-huh he um he they were there and they were they've been there for a couple of weeks and he said he's he sees toto wolf every day like just walking on the boardwalk and he saw botas getting into his ferrari and he saw lando uh-huh. driving around in that like convertible fiat 500 and because like I think almost every single one of the drivers have a has an apartment in Monaco, and so he's like, and you just see him everywhere. You just like he's like I've seen Toto like every morning walking with Susan. Huh. And I was like, I want to go see Toto. I want to go. <laughs> I want to go see. Yeah. So who wouldn't? Yeah. The Rosbergs live there. Oh yeah. I mean, you Leclerc. Know, Leclerc was born there, right? Yeah. So. Oh well. So, so we're. I'm like, could the race be less or more than pedestrian? Yeah, and I mean, and uh, and how many after watching that quality? Jeez. And how and I how many overtakes without DRS did you see? You know, in a place where there's no overtakes are possible, I sure saw quite a few oh, overtakes. It was awesome. I mean, 
Yeah. Or I guess I guess this is a, a good time for for uh, our moment with Martin because uh, he had he had something to say about uh, an overtaking maneuver or that rather robust overtaking maneuver that was more of a mugging than an overtaking. <laughs> <laughs> That was when uh, Nico Hulkenberg was trying to come through on uh, Sargent, I believe. You know, I think it was lap four or five. And, uh, <laughs> and just as Martin also said, he was a day late and a dollar short with the braking on that turn. <laughs> yeah. There yep. was a, quite was... a bit of excellent moment with or Martinism. Yeah, Martin was. Yeah, Martin made up for not being there last week yeah. for uh, the the race before, not last week. And it just highlights how much I miss him every time he's not there. I know. <laughs> oh, gosh. You can even hear, if you listen at the very end, you can hear Crofty start to lose it. He, like, laughs. Or that rather <laughs> robust overtaking maneuver that was more of a mugging than an overtaking. Oh, I cut it off too soon, but he's yeah. You he cut likes, it too he short. Like, he caught. He even caught Crofty off guard with that. One. Oh, he did, and that was that was that was just classic. And but I guess maybe Hulkenberg sort of had some confidence because um, he picked up four places in the first lap. Yeah. Well, and when you're driving so, like that, and you get, you get so he, he picked up four places and then immediately lost all of them with that five second penalty, though. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. It's pretty wild. So, um, I thought. I mean, it was it was. I think even before the rain came, I would have been happy with the that Monaco Grand Prix. Even Hell, before, I even I would have been happy. Started. I would have been happy if the if the Monaco slipped into the sea and the race didn't happen. That qualifying, yeah, I mean, was so yeah. damn good. I mean. But the race really kind of followed suit. It was one of the better. Uh, well, I don't think I've seen a Monaco. Well, you mentioned it before with when Danny Rick won. Um, you know, of Monaco that uh, in eighteen when he had his power yeah. for failure, or he was like yeah, the curse. What a drive! MGUH or K or yeah, back in that era. So he was twenty percent uh, down, and just every lap was just barely hanging on. Had to drive basically at quali pace, or like the equivalent of quali pace for yeah twenty something laps. I mean, it felt that exciting. Like everybody was yeah. staying pretty close. No one went. Max wasn't running away with anything. Um, yeah, and I think one of the one of the overtakes you were talking about was on lap eighteen. The Magnuson overtook uh, Logan Sargent in Maribo. Yeah, totally. I don't know. Have you? Ever, I don't think I've ever seen a path in Maribo. Rarely, ever. rarely. It's been it's been decades for sure. Well, and then. Um, then, um, right after that stroll and Perez did some pretty spiffy driving to get past Sargent as well Yeah, in places that you wouldn't, uh, ah, it was just awesome. Stroll was, stroll was really showing his immaturity again. I think, I think uh-huh. all of his, his, uh, his cachet from his, early year with his broken wrists and 
and stuff. That's all gone from my memory. And all I saw was a, a little little man boy crashing into everybody, not being able mm-hmm. to, to get around the track and spinning and, and ultimately doing so much damage to the car that he can't even finish the race. Mean, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Alonzo's finishing on the po- uh, on the second step of the podium. I mean that the gap between Alonzo and Stroll is just ever widening, not getting narrower. Mm-hmm. And I think you yeah. know if your teammate is Alonzo and you're not improving every race, then what are you doing? Like you're not working hard enough. You're not, or you don't mm-hmm. have the ability. And you need to do the right thing and and get your shit together, or you know, shit or get off the pot. Let somebody else who can do it do it, because you guys, that team has quite an opportunity at hand. And for them to be well, yeah, for them to to just be a point or whatever it is, um, away from Mercedes, they're only winning by one point, and they should be they should be up the well. road. From Mercedes, and then, oh yeah, and then, and then the the, the news after the race of, um, you know, Honda joining forces with Aston Martin. Yeah, um, that's what uh, I'm saying. Boy, the, howdy! The, what's what's ahead for that team is immense, uh-huh. but they're not going to exploit it with Stroll being their second driver. Lance Stroll has twenty seven yeah. points to Fernando Alonso's ninety three. He has seventy. Mm-hmm. He has yeah. he has George Russell and, or wait, he has he pretty much has all the Ferraris team combined points distance between <laughs> between him and his teammate. Yeah, uh, but uh, and then oh gosh, how's let's see, moving on. Uh, from there, I think I think Sonoda caught some real bad luck this race, and yeah. was, and like just was not happy with his tires, and uh, I think the tire strategy just didn't work out for him because he was he was on pace for another points finish, and then um, had that that misstep and just dropped. Yeah, that. Yeah, it was it was. It was it wasn't his best. No. And and I don't know I don't think it necessarily was really came down to him that much. I don't know what the I think it, it seemed like the car wasn't strategy. working. Yeah. Well the tire strategy and uh speaking of tire strategy, what is how long did Verstappen go on a set of mediums? Oh jeez. Uh well it would have been to the wet. So yeah, like fifty three laps. Yeah. What? I think they, they just, were they were expected twenty eight. What was the pit window with twenty six to twenty eight laps on those tires? What the hell? I don't. Again, running out in front helps, but it really geez. does. And having now we got Adrian a, Newey designed car, I think helps too. Well, and now we got if Verstappen is getting to the level of Perez as far as tire management. Is the guy ever going? Is he going to lose the rest of the season for crying out loud? But then, speaking of his teammate, talk about the weekend getting worse. Yeah. On lap, lap thirty-six, Perez 
runs into the back of Magnuson, has to pit for a new, a new nose. He I, he and, he pitted four times, I think, during that Grand Prix. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, Q one was what, and then to. I don't know. I don't remember what position he was in when he boinked into Magnuson, but you know he's moving up. Well, he should have. He definitely should have finished further up than he, than sixteenth and two laps oh, yeah. behind. I mean, yeah. What happened when you, your your teammates lapping you, man? That's just for the second time. <laughs> yeah, he was two laps down. That's right. Yeah, boy. Sonoda, Perez, Hulkenberg, and Sargent were all two laps down by the end. Mm. Granted, Monaco is a short track, but it's still that's just got to be yeah. Breaking. It's a seven. It's seventy-eight laps for that. By the way, yeah. Only only one DRS uh, detection zone, and uh, uh, so. But something like a uh, hundred and seventy gear shifts per lap, mm. <laughs> something like that. That'll give you a carpal tunnel. Right? Can you imagine uh, doing that in an old stick car, too? One hand on the steering wheel. Going, one hand on going, the gear. Yeah. Going through Rascast with one hand. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. How can you not like this sport, man? And this track. And just, just the amount of energy, mental energy, it takes to, to even do the lap. At pace, but then to do the lap at pace with nineteen other cars around you. Mm. Um, really? So let's get to the point where we we all want to talk about too is is do you think Alonso could have won the race if he would have went straight on to enters? I don't. I don't know. He was. Almost twenty eight seconds behind. I think he was twenty um, twenty seconds behind before the rain. No, before the rain. Yeah, but he all he ultimately ended up almost twenty eight seconds behind. So, what was the pit? The delta in the pit twenty seconds, something like that. Twenty one seconds, seventeen so, to twenty seconds. Uh, I don't. It doesn't appear that he would. Well. But he would have. Verstappen's in lap because he would have when he pitted for for mediums the first time before um, they got everybody was starting to go on to full enters because at one point it was just raining on one side of the track. So if you could get through yeah. the downhill, like after Casino Square, that downhill right before the tunnel. Pretty much, if you could tiptoe through that, the rest of the track was bone dry for the rest for 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 a, for a good couple laps there. And Mark Hughes's analysis on the race of this was really really gave me a different light because when I first saw it, okay, I have a lot to say about this. Forewarning. When I first saw this, I was like, he blew it. What a what a, I thought he was going to lose positions. I thought it was like a really bonehead move. And then Marquise was saying that Aston Martin's entire approach to this weekend was aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Every decision that they made for Alonso was an aggressive attacking maneuver. Starting him on hards, their the whole tire strategy, 
And I think that when the rain hit, they did pit Stroll for Inter's two laps before they did Alonso. And they were hoping to get good data for Alonso, and Stroll couldn't even get a freaking lap in. Yeah. Uh, that was competitive well, you know, and recognizable. And, but they said they he had an over-20-second gap to Ocon before the rain. So they knew, they actually knew that they could do what they did. Yeah. They knew that they could pit, and if it didn't work, they could pit again and still not lose to Ocon because Ocon's going to pit either way. They basically had a free pit stop. Yeah, and, that's true. And their decision to go aggressive – because they also knew that that they were pretty sure that that Max was going to pit for Inters as well, and if it if it would have held off like they originally thought, it was going to just kind of brush along the side there. We could be we would be celebrating Alonso's huge victory right now instead of saying he lost pole or he lost mm-hmm. the win. And I like. It makes me so much happier to know that it wasn't a Ferrari thing where they're just throwing shit away because it's a best guess and it was a conscious yeah. decision and it was in line with their strategy throughout the whole weekend. It, it, I was like, good, great. Then, then second is great for you guys. And I think they, that's why also that, sure, you're disappointed that you didn't win, but I don't think it's there's really any shame or any letdown to have had a plan and stuck to your plan and gotten a result that's still the best result you've got all year. And well, and then I wonder. I'd like to revisit the question you posed to me about: Do you think Alonso would have won? If I'm not mistaken, that lap on the mediums when Alonso pitted to go hard to medium and then came right back in and got the entries. Yeah, that that lap was like a snail's pace. Sure. So um, you just can't look at the time that he lost by and say, oh, well, it's a 20, 21 second delta in the pit. Well, he was still seven seconds behind. He, he was all over the place going slow. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I, so, Matty O'Brien, a guy who, who uh, on Instagram, I'll have to look it up who the guy was to get credit, but um, he sent me an analysis of it where he looked at um, Ocon, Gasly, or no, Ocon, Hamilton, and Russell all pitted for enters the same time that um, he pitted for his mediums. And he, you know, broke down those times and then said if you averaged it and if they would have um, done, you know, the av- the same pit stop as them or the average pit stop and the average outlap and then their, their, the average of their lap that they were – or rate that they were lapping on enters that mm-hmm. – um, and done the same for Verstappen obviously or compared to Verstappen's time. It still – it would have been something like either a six second – the gap would have – instead of coming back out 20 seconds, it would have been either two or six seconds. But after I – also after I saw Alonzo's pace on the enters, I don't think – I don't think he would have got him. I don't think he would have got him because it wasn't like as mm. soon as he switched to enters, he was able to match Verstappen's lap times. He was off Verstappen by – 
in some places a half a second. Yeah. Um, so, and what was, the, what was the ending gap? It was 27 seconds at the end, you know, and when he started yeah, it was, I, and when he came back out, it was 20. So that means throughout the time that well, they were on the same tire, Verstappen pulled seven seconds out on him. Right. It was 27.9. So almost 28 seconds he lost by. So, or, uh, so, so if he would, it would have been closer and more exciting. Yes. I think that that we can lament that, but I, I mean, wishing for a more exciting race from an already exciting race. Yeah, that's great. But I'm, I'm, I'm content. And knowing totally. that, knowing that, you know, it fit with, uh, Aston Martin's strategy made me understand it a lot more. And, I, I I celebrate that team and that decision, even though it it was the wrong one at the time. They don't know that. There's no possible way to know that. And if and if Stroll would have done a better job, they would have had better data to make an even more informed yeah, decisional call. But Stroll couldn't, couldn't be bothered, so <laughs> he's too busy running off the track and crashing into people. And okay, now simmer down. Um. But speaking of Ferrari, I mean, they just blew Sainz's race completely. Uh, and Sainz blew his own race running into the back of uh, to, of Ocon. Or, uh-huh. or what was that, lap four? Uh, no, he... Uh, um, He's coming right down I the have, hill. Into uh, the lap, lap 36. Lap 36 is when he ran in the back of Max. No, 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 no. Ocon. Early on, it was like uh-huh. lap four. Yeah, remember the radio mm-hmm. call? He was like, "We're going to push him, so he has to r- r- use up his tire." And then, right into the Nouvelle Chicane, he just yeah smacks him, breaks that, his front uh, wing. And then there was the whole will they black and white flag him because it was just that end plate. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember now. Yeah. So I mean, if if for and then and then what they they pitted. They pitted, he went under the hards, and then they pitted him 20-something or 30 laps into his hard stint, and it was then it was like eight laps or seven laps before the rain came. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. and he was like, he's they were like, we're, we're pitting you to, to, to cover Hamilton. And he's like, I don't care about Hamilton. I'm trying to pass Ocon. Like, yeah. <laughs> And like it's just like yeah. stop. Why did you pit me on? I'm on hards. And they could have just waited for the rain and gone straight to inters, like like last mm-hmm. year. And it's just like, what are you all thinking? Well, a, what are you thinking? Science just running into the back of him. You were nowhere close to making that move, and all you did was sh- like lose downforce when you really needed it. And then, yeah, I have that. I have that with signs running into Ocon. That was lap eleven. At the new Valsa game. It was early on in the race. That's all I remember. Yeah. Are you talking about signs or Perez? Signs. Okay, yeah. Because signs qualified P4 after everything shook out. And he was right on Ocon going into the chicane. Also, this is something that I've been thinking about. Speaking, I know the Nouvelle Chicane is like a big, a big uh, turn on the track. But if you want more overtaking procedures, just get rid of that oh, that that chicane. 
everybody like half the team half the drivers were blowing it anyways in these mm-hmm. with these cars and you would see so much more ability to overtake if you just didn't have that chicane right there and you mm-hmm. go you go straight there and then imagine how much that would change the swimming pool section and how fast you are through that sector too without that chicane i think that's a great observation yeah and you would barely have to change the track it would um, it would open it to so many more overtakes And, yeah. and and it would be lap after lap after lap because if you if you even if you got overtaken and you had then you have DRS on the front to pull you back in you would just see tight racing after tight racing. Interesting. That's, that's my. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna be on the record right here saying we should start a campaign, delete the new vial chicane, Monaco automatically, and just see what happens. Back. Just just try it. Let's just try it one just time. Just give it a go. Yeah. I hear you. I think it would be excellent. Hey, you know what was excellent? Lay it on me. You know, you know what was excellent was, um, I think every driver was incredibly disciplined in this race. Yeah, no safety no, car. Again. No safety car. No virtual safety car. Uh, Monaco in the rain with big, big wide cars. Uh, that's a that was just really impressive, and then yeah, this stunning. Yeah, so are you ready to go to the podiums? Our predictions. Well, no, let's because there's a little tidbit I think that's kind of impressive for French Formula One drivers. Laying on me. Well, okay, so of course for Stappen one, Alonso P two. Five podiums in six races. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then Esteban Ocon. He's the first Frenchman since Olivier Panisse in 1996 to be on a podium. That's not because that, he's, he's won a race since then. You mean in Monaco? A Frenchman in Monaco? Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh-huh. okay. First I Frenchman in Monaco. On the podium. <laughs> There's no. been a lot of French podiums. Okay, I blew it. I blew it. <laughs> but it's a good thing you were there to make sure I got it squared away right. No, but that's still way cool. to go. It's way to go, really Andrew. Cool. So great. And then, I mean, I mean, it's go. it's hard to say if the um, if the Mercedes upgrades really took effect on this four or five finish for them, but. Um, I don't know if we can really say that's the the upgrades or not, but it was a it was a solid points haul for the for both the Mercedes drivers. Yeah. Um, well, and I I think Lewis I, was on the record saying he feels better. He fe- he likes the car more and the way it handles more. And yeah, and where are we headed next uh, race? We have we have uh, the Circuit de Catalonia, Spain. Yeah, but you know we could see maybe Mercedes. You know who's going to be there? You know who's going to be at the Spanish Grand Prix? Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Jimbo. No. Jim Dunn, who we had on last year for the um, – who I did the Silverstone Grand Prix. He was at Silverstone oh. last year. Yeah, him and those same guys that he went there, they're going to be at, in Spain. They're going to be in Barcelona, and they're going to go. Oh, he said they're at least going to qualifying. They have – they don't know if they'll be able to get – tickets for the race or go to the race. 
but they for sure got oh. going to qualifying. I was like, "You, oh, what man. is your life, man?" <laughs> yeah, really. I'm just gonna go How to does Spain, that happen? Bray. I don't know. Uh, they just, I guess, can <laughs> someone must someone must have. Yeah, I don't know. Did did someone die or something? I don't know. No. Or, but um, so we'll maybe we'll have uh, we'll have to to talk to Jim about that when he gets to see if he wants to do another episode. But. Boy, howdy, that yeah, let it rip. But let's Daddy-o. let's we we did we do need to do our our predictions. We need to account. Oh, I I got painfully. one right. I got one right. That's all I have to say. I said Alonzo yeah, would get had- P two, and mm-hmm. both the race and qualifying, and he did. So I, I won right. Yeah. I think yeah, you because, said that too, didn't you? Though. No, I said. Um, you said. Yeah, I said Alonzo. Yeah, no, P two. Yeah, and said, and Hamilton P three, which we were close, close on, closer than my Leclerc winning, and Verstappen being three P three. I was like, ah, I should know better than to, to yeah, Leclerc yeah. in his home race. Yeah. And the other thing you so, walked away with was freaking grid rivals, man. I don't know. Someone, this is this is. I think we need an FIA investigation into your budget already because <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna breach the spending cap at this rate. Well, uh, what can I say? <laughs> I'm uh, just. I'm such a grid rival stud, man. You are. I mean. Oh, how far will that get me in society, Andrew? We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> hey. Yeah, you just start telling everybody. I'm leading my league in grid rivals, and they're like, what are you yeah. talking about? Get away from me. What do you mean, <laughs> Hamilton? Hamilton? Hamilton's got seven championships, man. I'm working on like eight or ten now, man. Down you, the road, you, you only know. have one. Let's let's ease slow your roll. Here. Well, we've only done it. We've only we've only done it for one year. I guess so, you do hey. have a hundred percent record so far. Yeah, I'm a thou. I'm betting a thou. So, um, but well, yeah, let's it's, hope, it's, let's hope Spain can be as exciting as Monaco was. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but we'll uh, we'll definitely be back with a uh, um, a our race preview episode for that. We might actually get to record that in person. Um, oh yeah, because I'll be heading down that way yeah. this weekend, but. And are you coming? Are you coming over where, to the land of the where the wild Indians roam? And I don't know about that, you know, but I'm definitely coming. No. We're coming over to the Western Slope. Um, yeah. but yeah, we'll be we'll definitely do that, and then we'll 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 see you guys at that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, good to see you all in our minds. Well, that was kind of a lame thing to say. <laughs> and that's I where I'm, I'm ending. 